Pod Chef. Pod Chef. You're listening to Pod Chef. When I say pod, y'all say chef. Pod Chef. You listening to Pod Chef. It's Welcome to Pod Chef, the official Top Chef, chef podcast, the one and the only. I'm your host, Jamal Reeves. is not here this week. He's surfing, so let's get right into it. It's, you're really stuck with me. <laughs> Let me get an introduction. Oh, who is that? Who's who is that? that? Who is that? That's what you say? Oh, Brian. Oh, you're here. Oh, okay. I'm always here. I've not. I've missed one recording. Oh, you're here. You're here and you're awake. Okay. For now. Okay. Uh, I guess Brian's here too. Um, I feel like we should address last week's. Um, maybe we can do it with like a third party at some point where I was going to pitch this, but I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like it this week, but like have someone come in and uh, mediate you and I. I've been saying for a long time that's needed. I've been that's- saying that we're basically on the outs. We're on the out. Okay. I didn't think it was that bad. Well, it is. And I think you should know that now. We are on the outs. And I'm looking for just any excuse to kind of break up the band. Really? Yeah. I'm feeling a lot like Justin Timberlake here. I feel like, yeah, we do good harmonies. You're feeling like whose character? <clears throat> Justin Timberlake. I feel like we're good as a group, but I'm probably better by myself. Oh, you're doing an in sync thing. Yeah, I'm doing an in sync. Okay. Maybe. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, if you want to do Justin Timberlake, that's fine. I mean, he's isn't he kind of canceled right now because of what he did to Britney. So, what did he do to Britney? You know, he uh, perpetuated the like Britney's crazy thing that got her like locked up and the whole world turned on her back he, when you weren't allowed to like have any type of like mental uh, breakdown or any like you know. He, he did thing. this recently. No, this happened a hundred years ago. Oh. Then yes, we must cancel someone for something that happened 100 years ago because they haven't, they clearly haven't grown. I'm going to end this before Reeves just like starts <laughs> pulling out his hair as he listens to this later. <laughs> no, he would go. He would call in somehow. He'd find a way to call in from from the future because we all know he's, he's, he's literally calling me right now. Let me turn this down. Um, so let's talk about something more interesting. Um, but still in the realm of white people, Brian went to a big <laughs> white wedding in Connecticut this weekend. I don't think anyone other than my wife listens to this podcast who would have been at this white wedding. But um, so just to like make it clear, it was in fact a Billy Idol situation. Like mm-hmm. it, uh, I don't think mm-hmm. I'd ever been in such a Billy Idol situation before. What does that mean? What does that mean for everyone who doesn't know? What does that mean? A I, Billy Idol situation. I do, well, there, Billy Idol has a song. Uh, it's a nice day for a blank wedding, and I just don't want to come out and say that because if someone hears this, I don't want to be in trouble. So I'm just saying the Billy Idol song is – okay, so I don't listen to Billy Idol. Um, the song is old. You're thinking of Billy Eilish. Well, I don't listen either. <laughs> Billy Idol's a singer from like the 80s. He's in Wedding Singer at the very end when he shows up. and So he has a song called It's a Good Day for a Blank Wedding. No, he doesn't say blank. He puts another word there. What's the word? It goes with, with what we're saying. White? Yes. Why, why are you saying blank <clears throat> as if that's a curse word? Because I'm just like stepping. Well, for one, it is. Mm. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't want to like come out and say directly. I don't want to like bad mouth this wedding directly in case it gets back. How is saying, it, hold on a second. Let's get into this. How is that bad mouthing a wedding just because there were 
more than likely only white people there, a part of the wedding. And if there were brown people there, they were probably serving. How is that different than 98% they, they, of weddings? They were the band. <laughs> yeah. How is that different than like 92% of all weddings? I don't know. I don't go to a, a 92% of all weddings. This one just oh, seemed, that. this one was just like more, like, was less diverse than other weddings I had been to. Okay. So the last wedding you were at though, before this was Jenny and Reeves, right? Mm, yes. Yeah. So maybe this is just you getting back out into the world and realizing I got a lot of my people out here. My people. <laughs> I don't really relate. You're to calling people. it a white wedding. I'm just calling it a wedding. <clears throat> <laughs> it's, it's in Connecticut. It's a wedding in Connecticut. There is that part to it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had to rent well, a tuxedo. You, you at no point in time probably were going into this thinking, man, there's probably going to be a large contingent of like my friend Jamal's no, there. No, I didn't think that. I, I didn't. That didn't cross my mind. Um, and that's okay. I was more just like worried and like upset that I had to go to this wedding and it's like not the great time to go to weddings and I had to rent a tuxedo and mm-hmm. so like that was what's going through my head. I why didn't... did you why did you have to go? Because they're not listening. So why did you have to go? Is this not your friend? It was Carrie's family. Okay. I guess we'll leave that alone. <laughs> All right, so you had to go to the wedding. Yeah. You look good. I saw the picture. You and Carrie, you clean up nice. Thank you. I didn't even shave or anything. I should have probably. No, no. I I like it was almost like, you know, like someone who's got like new clothes, but dirty sneakers. That's what it looked like. (laughs) like That's how Hollywood dresses. It looked like you got brand new clothes, but you you decided I'm not going to clean my sneakers, even though I could have. And this whole outfit, this whole outfit could have dripped. But I said, now I'm going to leave some mystery. (laughs) It looked okay, And I I looked about as good as I'm going to look. Carrie looked like she tried. She does. Yeah. She, yeah, she uh, looked like she was like, well, I'm not going to be here with dirty sneakers. <laughs> I didn't look like dirty sneakers. I looked okay. <laughs> she was the good clothes. You were the dirty sneakers. Oh, so <laughs> I complete yeah. the outfit. I am yeah. dirty sneakers. Basically. Okay. That's nice to know. <clears throat> like I said, we're on the outs. So you went to this wedding. <laughs> what was uh, you took some pictures of the food there? Yeah. The um, opener. The appetizer that everyone got. Oh, I thought you meant opener as in like they had an opening comedy act. Yeah, I mean, it was Connecticut. um, So they did have an opener and it was um, who would open up for Louis (laughs) C.K. So Um, Tig Notaro was your opener. And I think she's probably departed from Louis C.K. Oh, has she? I would think so. He did a lot to help her. All right. The appetizer was a... uh, uh, it was a, a an English pea risotto, mm-hmm. and wow, like you're really gonna try to do a risotto at a wedding for like 150 people? Like yeah. you know, that's uh-huh. that's tough. Was Turned that, out okay. Oh. It was it was I would say, and we've coined this term now that it was a risotto. Yeah, who who's we coined that? And Carrie and I did that while we were okay. at the wedding. So this sounds like something. That is smart enough that Carrie coined it, and you're now saying you're going to take credit for it here on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think I came up with it, but you're right to assume that Carrie was smart enough to come up with Ruz Oh Yeah, because yeah. you have to be really smart to come up with That's like some deep fucking smart comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, that's cool. Ruz Oh Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. What else did you have? Uh, apparently, I had ordered the fish ahead of time. 
and not the beef. Not the beef. Wow. Um, I'm happy. the The fish was really good. Yeah, it was a what solid. Kind of, what, what kind of fish was it? What was it? It just said white fish. Oh, so I think that one. Inter- long, no, I think no, there, no, that was I think there was a, I think there was a theme. There's a theme at this wedding. <laughs> and, huh. and then um, they didn't. I'm surprised us- they didn't call it blank fish. <laughs> they they didn't give us fish. Or sorry, they didn't give us cake. They gave us yellow cake. No, we had um, uh, strawberry like shortcake with like. Mm. Um, and stuff it's pretty good okay while we're on this when we, you talked about cake don't you find it weird that white cake is called angel food and like black cake is called devil's, devil's food, food. <laughs> you want to talk about that you know what are your thoughts on that i'd love to get in on that and to help us talk about that we've got our friend eva lewis eva lewis come on in <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've got eva lewis and greg tindale they're gonna tell yeah. us all about <laughs> yeah angel food cake and devil food cake All right, so you went to a big white wedding Mm -hmm. in Connecticut. Big big Um, wedding. I couldn't notice, help but notice in the photos you sent, you were dancing and screaming and talking, hanging out with no mask on. I don't think we should talk about this because if I get sick, then there'll be like this like record of like (laughs) me being like getting fucked up. (laughs) Well, you were there without a mask. Everyone had to be vaccinated to to go there. Okay, well, I'm sure you guys are fine then. As long as there weren't no stray, stray foxes there. Who knows? Well, I, I did get, I did take a test today because I'm supposed to go to another wedding this weekend. I had to be tested for that wow. one. Wow! I know. Fucking wedding season's back. There's no way I don't get COVID, and I will 100% die if I get it. It's not even a question. It's pretty good for me for the podcast. Yep. And now this is all recorded, so when it does happen, uh, it'll be weird. No, it won't happen. I have faith that um. You'll be fine. Okay, so um, I do have faith you'll be fine. So you went to your wedding and uh, you went to another one. Um, uh, you've got stuff to do. You got friends getting married. Um, Reeves is surfing in Hawaii. I saw those pictures. Uh, wow, yeah, Reeves is literally surfing in Hawaii right now. Um, he might call in. We don't know, um, but he's hanging ten. Um, he is hanging 10, big kahuna. He definitely looks like yeah. a Howley. He looks 100% like a Howley. Look at Howley. Come on, brother. Um, Everyone's like, brother, look at that Howley. Yeah. Everyone's saying it. Yeah. It's almost like he's he's a townie now instead of a Howley because he's starting to act like a local. He did. I mean, you saw the other picture where he had that huge tribal tattoo, right? Like he looks like yeah. the rock now. Yeah. And it's just on his left pectoral. Mm-hmm. And he said like, he's going to get the rest later, he said. Yeah. When he goes back to Hawaii. Yeah, which he said he's going to go back every year now because it's his second yeah. home now. And then um, he's he told also... me he, he told me he was going to get dual citizenship. Hey, that's pretty cool. Dual citizenship <laughs> for Hawaii that's and the rest of America. That's good. <laughs> um, he also, uh, I don't know if he sent you this. He sent me a picture of when he wakes up in the morning and starts his grind. And like he sent oh, me a picture at like 3 a.m. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I'm up and at it. And I was like, wow, Reed, you're, you're getting after it even on vacation. That's a that's a full on rise and grind. Yeah, I didn't see that yeah. picture at three a.m. So yeah, I got that picture, and so that's what he's doing. Um, why don't we get into this? Uh, before <laughs> Reeves left, uh, he delivered to me. Literally stopped by here and gave me uh, the script that Tom gave him. For oh, he for brought the, it in person. He brought it in person. Okay. So I've I've looked over it. It's very interesting. Um. It's another snippet of the movie, I think, and uh, I, I think we should just uh, 
get into it and, and understand everyone. This is all from the movie Tom Colicchio's writing, not me, Reeves, or anyone. This is Tom Colicchio's movie. So, so. before I before we dive into it, mm-hmm. did do you, did like Reeves relay any like notes from Tom, or do you think Tom knows that you are reading it, or Tom still thinks that Reeves is going to read it? So Tom literally said. Uh, so Reeves told me that Tom, when he was talking to me, said, "I won't be reading this time." Um, Jamal probably will. And Tom literally took the script that he actually handed him back and said, <laughs> give him this one instead. <laughs> and so that's what Reeves told me. Reeves said that Tom literally took the pages that he handed him back and said, Jamal's reading it. Give him this one. He, he can, he'll do this one. So you didn't read that version, <clears throat> but you read the version that he gave Reeves secondly from reading it. Mm-hmm. Have you read it or you're going to read it live? I'm reading it live. Okay. So you don't know. So maybe we can figure out what it would be in this version that Tom wanted you to have versus the other version. Like we could yeah. guess. Yeah. I, if it's, if it's, I don't even know if it's a different version of the same pages or if it's just a different part of the movie that he wanted me to read. Oh, it could so, be totally different. Yeah. It could be a completely different oh, part of the movie. So. Okay. I you think he walks that, around with multiple scenes uh, in his pockets at all times? Uh, I think so. Kind of like, um, you know, it's like loose change. You never just want to have quarters. You want to have like, you know, quarters, nickels, dimes. You never know what you're going to need. So he's like, I'm, I'm carrying out all my good scenes with me. Yeah. You never know who he's going to run into in Hollywood. That's right. So you can say, hey, check out this treatment. Check out this scene. Yep. Throw it in front of your face. Yep. Run up someone's car, uh, spray it with Windex, wipe yep. the front with the pages. Wipe the front with Take the pages. Take a look at this. Take a look at this. And it's Take called and it's called networking. And that's what you do in Hollywood. Jamal yeah. and I know we got the email last week, you remember? <clears throat> Hollywood's calling us and we um, know You have to network to get work. <laughs> so And isn't that true? You can't spell work without net. <laughs> so Nope. And you can't spell Hmm. You, if you don't know it right now, just hold on to it and we'll come back to it. Yep, let's come back to it. Okay, so I do have a thing here that says I have to play something underneath while I'm reading this. So this is interesting. Um, this is my first read through, so we'll see how this goes, okay? Okay. <clears throat> All right. Interior, underground, abandoned subway station. We see Tom Colicchio naked and strapped to a wooden wicker chair. Oh, wait. Does it say what page this is? Um, it says page... Just so I know where I am in the story. 69. Hell yeah. Okay, cool. Dope. Okay, sorry. To, right. sorry to, I just wanted to make sure I knew where I was in the story. Yeah, for page 69. So we're like an hour in. <clears throat> if, yeah, I mean, if... If, yeah, if he's writing it properly. Okay, right. so let's do it again. So we see Tom Colicchio naked and strapped to a wooden wicker chair. His arms are bound behind his back and his wrists are tied together. His legs are tied together at the knees and ankles crushing his testicles. (laughs) At at least they would be if they weren't dangling beneath the chair as we see the bottom of the wicker chair has been cut out. (laughs) This is a much more graphic scene than we've heard so far. Yeah, but I don't think there's I don't think there's even been reference to sex or sexual organs. Yeah, I don't think so either. Okay. This is new. There is one subway tunnel. There's one subway tunnel light casting a hazy glow on his stressed, sweaty, naked body. He looks so badass. (laughs) Padma's henchman. I can see it. Padma's henchman enters. We have ways of making you talk, Mr. Colicchio. Or rather, should I call you TC? 
Wow, so you're doing voices and stuff in this. So this is this I'm reading it as he's wrote it out here. It literally says somewhat of an Irish bad guy accent. I'm oh, you didn't read best. you didn't read that part. No, I didn't read it. I'm trying to do my best here to do it as he wrote it. So okay. Okay. I'm gonna start again. From the shadows we see one of Padma's henchmen wearing a black duster overcoat, black cargo pants, military combat boots, and Sting's face paint from the world championship wrestling <laughs> that he stole <laughs> that he stole from the movie The Crow. <laughs> Wrestling. We got wrestling without Reeves here. Love it. He slowly and methodically strolls towards Tom. As he steps into the light, he lets dangle from his hand an eight-inch thick ship anchoring rope that has a giant knot tied at the bottom, interwoven with stainless steel, fleur de lis. He walks in front of Tom while swinging the rope knot in a circle like a one of those uh, lifeguards do at the pool with their whistle. This is what it says in the script. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Padma's henchman. 30 minutes. That's all you gave me. That's all I'll give you. Padma's henchman swings the rope around three times and then unleashes it onto the underside of the chair, bludgeoning Tom's testicles. (laughs) TC lets out a gruesome roar of pain. (laughs) The henchman walks to the wall and pulls another chair closer to Tom. He's now sitting directly in front of him so he can see the pain in his eyes. Tom does his best to collect himself and looks at the face of his tormentor. This is Tom Colicchio. (sighs) Ken? That's what I thought. Ken Lee from season one? I don't go by that name anymore. That man died on your show. (laughs) All that remains is La Couillier. La Couillier. I can't do the French accent, but in France, I'm known as the spoon. So another thing I'll notice about this scene is that it's a lot more referential to Top Chef. I feel like the the other scenes didn't really have any callbacks or jokes related to things happening that have happened in Top Chef. (laughs) This is Tom's script. Maybe Maybe Tom, he's 69 pages in. He's an hour and nine minutes in. Maybe he's like... Oh, my writing is getting better. Maybe and like, yeah, I should be doing more is. stuff that has that's to do That's how all with scripts work. Yeah, show. listen, yeah. again, we're we're Hollywood. We know. Yeah, trust us. Our script got better as you kept reading it. Uh-huh. It got better. And then what what probably the best part is when you stopped reading it. That's yeah. when it was the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh all right. So let's go again. <clears throat> this is Ken. I don't go by that name anymore. That man died on your show. All that remains is like two years. I can't do the French accent, but in France, I'm known as the spoon. And then Tom Colicchio goes, why are you doing this? It's funny. Hubert Keller asked me the same thing when I paid him a visit. (laughs) Tom Colicchio, HK, if you've heard him, Ken Lee, what? Ken's enraged. You'll do nothing but sit here. You're not a head judge anymore, TC. I am. You're going to play my game now. I don't want and the tension. It's the What's tension up? is super high right now, and this is a really uh-huh. great moment. And I, I really hate to bring in this note while this is uh-huh. happening because uh-huh. I really felt the crescendo happening here. Uh-huh. 
he says he doesn't go by Ken Lee anymore, but in the script after that, he's referred to as Ken Lee a couple times. I just want to make sure that that's noted. Well, that's um, Tom calling him that. Tom, he's trying to tell him, like, look, call me the spoon. And he's not, he's not calling him that. And this he's is... doing that by putting it in the, in the script. So that you yeah. don't hear it, see it on screen. Okay, yeah, cool. okay, exactly. okay, okay, okay. <clears throat> okay, sorry, so okay. Go again. This is oh, Ken Lee. Let's get back into it. It's funny. Hubert Keller asked me the same thing when I paid him a visit. HK, if you've heard him... What? Ken is enraged. You'll do nothing but sit here. You're not a head judge anymore. I am. You're going to play my game now. And I have one simple question. Ken takes his hand and lifts up Tom's face by his chin to make him meet his gaze. And Ken says, Did you throw the sauce out? (laughs) Tom, gasping for air, looks at him. And says fuck you <laughs> tom spits in ken's there we face go. yep perfect <laughs> this thing writes itself <laughs> tom spits in ken's face ruining the time-consuming face paint he put of sting ken wipes the spit from his face stands up and swings the rope knot again unleashing hellish strikes on tom's undercarriage tom is in excruciating pain ah! Now I can do this all night, but I don't think your bollocks will last all night. Answer me. Did you throw the sauce out? Tom starts laughing deliriously. It goes on so long that Ken starts to laugh deliriously with him. Ken starts to talk. He wipes some sweat off his face. What's so funny? Tom Colicchio, I was just thinking, if I was CJ from season three, only one of my testicles would be hurting right now. (laughs) Relevant. (laughs) Current. All right, let's go back. Tom continues to laugh deliriously. Ken joins in, but then erupts in rage from his chair, causing it to fall backwards. He winds the rope and strikes time and time again without holding back any of his strength this time. The laughing immediately turns into terrifying screams of pain. (laughs) Ken picks up his chair and sits in front of Tom and grabs his face to make him look at him as he tries to cope with the pain. Ken Lee, a.k.a. The Spoon. What's the matter, Tom? I'm just busting your balls. Can't you take a joke? Now tell me, did you throw the sauce out? Tom is lost in a world of pain and can't answer. He also hates his balls are definitely being crushed. (laughs) This is a weird scene. It's a good thing you didn't write this, because it'd be weird if you laughed this hard at something you wrote. <laughs> hey, these are just pages I picked up. These are from Reeves and Tom. Well, from Tom and me from Reeves. Via Reeves. All right. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> so this is where Ken says, you're not going to tell me, are you? Somewhere between crying and struggling to breathe, Tom smirks out a reply. <laughs> no, I'm not. Ken stands up and kicks Tom mid-chest with enough force to make him fall back on his chair. 
his entire body weight now resting on his arms as he stares directly into the one subway light above him. Ken steps towards Tom and pulls out a 9mm pistol from his duster and aims it at Tom's face. Ken Lee, I'm tired of bending spoons for you. Mm -hmm. Tom Colicchio, there is no spoon. Matrix. Ken Lee, what? Tom Colicchio, there is no spoon. We hear a voiceover from a flashback from a scene earlier in the movie. (laughs) Don't try to bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, only realize the truth. There is no spoon. Then you'll see that it's not the spoon that bends. It is only yourself. Just as the flashback voiceover ends, Tom's eyes turn green and his perception of the world changes. All sorts of green symbols and numbers start flooding his eyesight from north to south, coating his environment. A magnanimous energy is beginning to build around Tom's body. Ken is unnerved and fires a shot. Tom Colicchio, no. Tom stops the bullet with his mind. (laughs) Ken empties the chamber. All the bullets stop right in front of Tom's face and then fall to the ground harmlessly. Tom looks at Ken and winks at him, shooting a shockwave that blasts blasts Ken into the tunnel wall behind him. A force is simultaneously setting Tom upright, dissolving the ropes that bind him, and adding black combat clothing over Tom's body. (laughs) Tom stands up before the clothes finish covering his body, and we see his dong hang down. (laughs) Tom gracefully slides to Ken. Ken Lee is scared now. (sighs) This... This is impossible. The camera gives a close-up of Tom's face. Not impossible. This, no, I am inevitable. Mm, Avengers. Tom's eyes start to glow, and Ken is dissolved from the inside out. All that is left is a spoon. Tom collects it and adds it to his knife bag that was sitting ten feet away from him this whole time. (laughs) End of scene. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good scene, I think. I think it's a good scene. It's uh, it's pretty dramatic. You don't that... see TC getting tortured by anyone, and I think there's a lot of people in Top Chef who'd love to torture Tom this way. Mm-hmm. I like, think... I'm not writing this movie for uh, Tom. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. But this scene kind of sets up that it's a bit of a Kill Bill situation. Maybe mm-hmm. he has to go through... And deal with one by one all the like most notorious contestants who have issues with him before he can reach Padma. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I'm not writing this. And as long as the the script is, because we know like last time there's like already 120 something. Yeah, there's I think it's over 200. We think that this thing is gonna be like a two part, if not three part movie. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's what it feels like. We get Kill Bill one, Kill Bill two, and then we get um, Kill All the Bills Volume three. Kill All the Bills Volume three. Wow. yeah, that was uh, that was Tom's. That was a scene from Tom's movie. Um, so yeah, that was intense. That? Yeah, super intense. Um, I what part of that do you think was why he wanted me to read it? Was it the voices? Do you think the voices? Maybe I don't know because like Reeves is Irish. So you think if you yeah. wanted like Irish voice, he would like have Reeves yeah. do it? Yeah, and, it, and this wasn't that good of an Irish. I was trying to do my best to like. Yeah, so. and you know, I thought that maybe what was going to happen was it had the N-word in it somewhere, and that's why he wanted to do, to uh, do it. That's what so I thought th- maybe might, so, what might happen. So let's get this right. So you thought when I said he handed me a uh, script 
And Tom was like, Jamal can read this one. You assumed right away that he probably said nigger. And he just wanted to be able point. to be read on. <laughs> and he wanted me to be able to read it <laughs> in the script. Well, I'm glad that uh, he's not as predictable as you people think he is. So, <laughs> you know, sometimes you think you figure someone out and they surprise you. <laughs> So let's move on to a segment called Chefs I Prepared for You, where we talk about what we had for dinner last night and only last night, and we present it as if we're presenting it to the judges on Top Chef. I'll go first. Chefs I Prepared for You, curry chicken breast, steamed broccoli, and sautéed rosemary sweet potatoes. Oh, it was so good. I've brought this up before. I don't like rosemary. Yep, you it's don't. Like but my least favorite herb. Well, except for right cilantro. I'll tell you right now, if you're out there and you are on the fence, you, you like rosemary potatoes, try it with sweet potatoes. I can eat rosemary potatoes. It's not like super strong. I just it just like sticks out so much to me. It's like the cilantro thing for me. Hmm. Well, I think your palate just needs to um, grow. My palate is great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> no, go ahead. What? Go ahead. No, no, no. People fight over this palate. Who? You don't even deserve this palette. What are you doing right now? <laughs> Let me put this palette on your mustache. Oh, you're using palette for pussy. Okay. Got it. All right, chefs. All right. Last night I prepared for you. I also, uh, there's curry in my thing too. Oh. We did our, our, our famous coconut chickpea curry. It's one of the best things that we make. We didn't have a jalapeno this time, but I did have... Um, habaneros and i used one of those wasn't enough probably could use two to mm. bump it up but it's not a nice little burn in the back of the throat mm. it's some uh and some rice well you know just it's a real solid dish that we do pretty frequently here mm-hmm. okay nice um what what do you keep in your freezer <clears throat> currently yeah um uh ice love ice gotta have ice in yeah, there gotta have ice in the freezer uh broccoli we buy a lot of frozen broccoli um and don't cook it very often broccoli. don't cook it very often um why not because we just don't <laughs> okay um right it's now good. there is uh, a pound of chicken wings in there that got the farmer's market they haven't cooked yet nice probably will never get cooked why because chicken wings are hard for the same reason that like completely oh god do we have to talk about my roasted chicken situation oh i guess we do um that also reminds me i haven't made the uh pie yet I'm, I'm, that's still on the docket though that's right um, well, let's pause the freezer talk just because I want to get this conversation out there. Um, we're going to, we're at 31. We're going to fly through this episode. This is important though. You guys, as we all know, I did the Alice and Roman peach pie. Turned out mm. pretty good. Mm. Did a good job. Hands up. I was trying to do Alice and Roman's spring chicken with leeks. And I tell you this today, folks, I fucked up. Mm-hmm. I fucked up real bad. But hold on, before you go further, <clears throat> you sent a picture to the group. It right? looked great. It you sent a picture to the group before you put it in the oven. What did your boy? What was the only question your boy asked you before you put it in the oven? If I was going to BDSM tie the legs together. Mhm. And what did you say? I said I don't get down like that. Okay, keep going with your story. And then it cooked for like 3 hours and it was still raw on the inside. And Jamal thinks it's only because I didn't tie the legs. But people have also said it's because I overstuffed the inside. Yeah, could have been both. And also it was like a six-pound chicken when Alice Roman's video was a four-pound chicken. So there's that too. So 
long story short, I wasted about sixty dollars, mm-hmm. thirty in chicken, uh, six or seven in leeks, and then I had to get um, lemons. It's just the whole thing was just a complete disaster. The real disaster here is that a chicken gave its life for no reason, though. I know. Yeah. And that's the thing that bothers me the most. As in, does it actually bother you? Yes. That uh, I don't waste food. So I don't want that you, you. I didn't. You want put to a do whole this. chicken and it went to waste. That bothers me. If didn't it's going to be killed, it needs to be eaten. Sure. <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> I do. It's. I said I didn't do it intentionally. Well, well, tell tell everyone what what happened. Don't just leave it on the table. Why uh, it's not be, wasn't eaten? What happened? The like actual story. Yeah, what happened after you uh, you were baking it? What happened? I had to join a call, so I took it out of the oven and left it. And then mm-hmm. my father in law uh, said that it was raw and put it in the fridge and walked away from it. <laughs> And uh, and then I got home from the from the Billy Idol wedding, and I put it right in the garbage and took the garbage out. So same thing happened with my potatoes that I made for it and green beans I made with it. Straight oh, into straight into the garbage. Oh man, you just gotta finish something when you're doing it. I had to join a sketch call. <clears throat> you could have told them to wait. Probably. We, we well no, some other people on the team do that. So in my freezer, <laughs> broccoli, uh, chicken wings, ice. I think right now there are Trader Joe's brand. Uh, uh, what are those things called? The Indian bread, non. Mm. Um, and then just some other. Right now we have like Impossible Burgers in there and some other things like that. What's in mm. your freezer? My freezer is right now. There is. Um, Fresh uh, blueberries that are, are I froze and they're in a Ziploc bag. Um, there's an accoutrement of like uh, single serve vacuum uh, sealed chicken thighs, chicken breast, fish fillets that are in there pre season ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got broccoli in there as well. Um, I've got ice. Got I've got ice. ice. I've got the big ice cubes because football season's coming up, so I'm going to need a nice little scotch to watch Tampa Bay. Hopefully, win another one. Okay, adult. So yeah, I, I what you know what I don't have in my freezer? Freezer burn, and we'll be right back after this commercial. That's not what the episode's Talk. called. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And we're back. Season three, episode eight of the show. Season four, episode eight of the podcast. We're reviewing Freezer Burn. It could not be simpler. I don't know why people keep getting confused. We are in season four, episode eight of the podcast. We are watching season season three, three, episode eight of Top Chef. Yes, it's super easy. It couldn't be simpler. And if you're listening still, this is where you would press play on the episode. That you're watching so that you can watch along. Should okay? I start? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't want to go for an hour. This was a long episode. <laughs> so this is where you press uh, start. And then wherever we finish, that's all you need to see of this that's episode. Because we're going to cover yeah. everything anyways. Mm-hmm. This quickfire challenge might have been the laziest quickfire challenge on the planet. Because all they were like, uh, we don't want you to cook. We just want you to see if you know stuff in the kitchen. It's better when it's the full like blind taste test challenge. Yeah. Then I like it. But this was this weird mix of like... Look at this and then tell me what it is by sight only and then taste it. And some of them were just like 
bow tie pasta? Come on. Yeah. Who was the guest judge? Who was this guy? McDreamy? What was his name? Rocco. Rocco, right. So this is, they got to go up to Rocco and Padma and guess what these items are. And Joey kind of sets the tone for what this quick fire feels like. You have to identify this only by looking at it. You just get up to that table and you got Padma looking at you looking a little sexy tonight. You know, and then you got this ass right next to her and your mind just goes blank. Lotus root. That's how things go blank for me. If I'm coming up to something and I have to like make a decision, if there's a sexy woman and then some asshole right. next to her, my mind goes blank. I forget what I'm supposed to be doing. Why did I get here? How did I get here? Right. And it's it's kind of unfair for the human psyche to have to work under those kind of conditions. Yeah, I think when that happens to me, a uh, very similar thing happens. My my mind goes blank. Mm-hmm. Part of me is very angry. Part of me is very happy. Um, but I, I think my big question is, why was Rocco an asshole? We find out later, I guess because these are recorded after yeah. the episode. So at this point, like, Joey is probably very pissed off at Rocco for being a, yeah. a douche for most of it. But, like, the beginning, he's just, like, saw my asshole and he didn't even do anything. Yeah. He didn't do anything. He wasn't mean, really, at all. In fact, you're going to hear a clip later, but it's like, oh, Rocco. He just wears his emotions on his sleeves. Yeah, but he he literally takes Tom to task. So we should, you know. Oh, when Rocco does. Oh, okay, okay. He's a champion I thought you were saying Joey. No, Joey absolutely wears his emotions on his sleeves. What I don't like about this challenge. I guess it's me. (laughs) (laughs) That is the ending. Spoiler alert. That is how he leaves. He walks in. He goes, this is me. (laughs) He loses his face. And he like cries all over someone's chef coat. Um, But no, we're not going to talk about that yet. I do want to this quick fire. The thing that bothers me is. They in the each round they like give people some things that are easy. Like Hung had to guess oatmeal, oatmeal and bow tie pasta. Yeah, but then Trey just had to guess mirin. He was like simple syrup. Like no mirin. It's like well, wait a minute. Let's make this uniform. Like if it's round one, maybe they should all be kind of easy. Yeah, and then round two, they should all be kind of harder. And then that would make sense. You had Japanese eggplant. How many people can identify Japanese eggplant off the top of their head? I thought I knew what it looked like, and it wasn't that. I thought it was Just, bigger. Those right? were tiny. I, I thought those were Brussels sprouts of some kind. Yeah, or maybe they were Japanese sort of like, eggplant. Some kind of like weird. I th- tomato was a good guess, I think. Yeah, Casey has a crazy palate. Like she like guessed fish paste, and like hated it. And then she was guessing all the other ones too that were like, "How are you pulling these out?" And I love how Hung tried to be like. Mr. Smarty Pants was like, I don't even need to taste it. I know what this is. So <laughs> and he, funny. And he call, he says what it is. And then he tastes it and he goes, oh, no, it's uh, celery salt. <laughs> and they go, we have to take your first guess. Hung truly got what he deserved. Oh, I do yeah. think Sarah early on should have been given a pass because she was like peanut something. And then she got it right. She never actually like said the f- – she like yeah. was like thinking through it. She didn't like yeah. give one answer and then wait to be told. Like yeah. then like wait. I think she got the, the thing. Yeah. So this proves that Casey got that good palate. Um, yeah. Casey got that good, good palate. <laughs> Casey got that good, good. So, that good palate. That good palate. Um, <laughs> trying to get you a piece of this palate. Yeah, yeah. Palate at premium. Girl, give me um, that palate. Um, He's gonna be so mad at this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Casey wins. So Casey wins a quick fire and basically knows all the things in the food in the kitchen. Um, this elimination actually means something because the winner actually gets to go to Italy, which wow. yeah. I was like, oh, sign me up. Mask or no mask, you know? I do know. So this is funny. They're using those totally family frozen meal bags as like getting inspiration because now yeah. they have to make their own frozen food bag that they can sell at a market tomorrow, like as a demonstration at a market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this challenge spoke home to me because – I used to eat these in college because they're not super expensive, but they would last for like, I'd have like two, three dinners off one bag. I do get your reasoning. Yeah. And that makes sense. But like, just like what I know of you, that's completely off base. Like just doesn't really, like, I think you would still like make a way, like you would just like go to your college dorm, like, uh, the college like cafeteria and eat like healthy there. Like, I don't picture you eating no, like no. cheap frozen food. No, I didn't. At in college, I had first of all, freshman year is the only time I could go to the dorm and eat. Oh, sophomore, yeah, sophomore, junior, senior year, I did fend on my own. I was like, oh, these are like basically a meal in a package, and they're like ten bucks if I spread that over three days. I was broke. Just uh, yeah, I mean, I get that. I just you know, you, you, I, I've. I've seen your fridge and I've seen your freezer and they don't have any of those things in there now. And it just, it's just no, completely, don't. it's, you're a different person now. Yeah. It's called being an adult. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So this challenge spoke to me cause I used to eat these things and they are actually very tasty. Um, I'm, they're probably okay. It was too much fun. Salt. There's too much salt in them. Yeah. Oh yeah. All those things are full of salt. It was super fun to watch Rocco like have to pretend to like these things. He was like, mm-hmm. you know, these, a lot of people are, eating these the families that <laughs> they got them and um yeah. you know they're uh you know they do the job i think he, he was he said, it's like they he do was the throwing job. the bag around while he was talking to he was like he, he was holding it backwards so you turn it upside down he's like you know these things he was like looking at it he's like god there's a lot of food uh, <laughs> families love this stuff this is what families eat and i was like well, you know these get the I job guess, done you know some families do a lot, a lot of families make their meals too i grew up my mom made dinner fresh every night Wow, every night. <clears throat> yeah. We had a lot of... Uh, Until I got old enough to to cook for myself, then she said, you can make your own dinner. And I was like, mm. okay. That's a fun little, you know, what is better, that or my family where most nights we had hamburger helper. Not most nights, but at least once or twice a week you had hamburger helper. Hmm. No, I had that maybe once every other two weeks. But yeah. I had that. That was a staple. It's but, good. The lasagna oh, one? It's not good. It's good. It's, it's great. You add some corn. We used to add corn to it, to the like lasagna one. You would like get a can of corn, strain it, and add the corn to it. Oh, my mm. God. Chef's kiss. Mwah. You want to know a chef's kiss? Go get that bacon cheeseburger macaroni, hamburger uh-huh. helper. No, I have never I had that. that one. It Mm-mm. came with the bacon bits separate that you had to mix in a separate sauce and then pour on top and mix together. Ugh. The whole thing smelled like a bacon cheeseburger. <sighs> Big ups to Hamburger Helper. Big ups I was, to Hamburger I Helper. I was talking shit on it at the end. And there is a point in my life where I told my mom to stop making it. I reached like 15 and I was like, hey, can you stop making Hamburger Helper? Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel bad about that. But looking back, I'm looking fondly back on it. And that shit slapped. Yeah. That shit was good. Yeah. Congrats. Also, I cannot talk about more. When the Hamburger Helper Mitt put out a rap EP, yeah. it was good. Yeah. It was good. It was good. It was and, funny. And they knew their demographic. It was funny. Yeah. It was, yep. They, <laughs> they, they knew what they they knew what they're doing. They knew what they're doing. They, they, you know, that was the time when companies weren't like, 
we want to reach everyone like companies are doing now. Companies are like, who's <laughs> buying our shit? That's who we're going after. And that's who they went after. And if you think I didn't buy more Hamburger Helper after hearing that mixtape, you're fucking wrong. Because I did. <laughs> there's not, I don't think there's a Hamburger Helper I haven't tasted. Have you had Tuna Helper? I've, I've had that a few well, times. I have not had Tuna Helper. But that's not Hamburger Helper. So that it's the same brand, though. But yeah. Yeah, but it's not Hamburger. You have the Chicken Helper? I had the Chicken Helper. Some of those are good. I think a couple of those, yeah. But I, I like, I, I like. Up, man. Give me, give me, give me the regular. I like the the original. I love it full on. I I would love going into stores as a kid and going down that aisle and like you know you walk past the pastaroni and then the hammer helpers right there by the by the craft and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's all the same family, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you, see, I'd love to be like. I wonder what flavors mm-hmm. this store has. And it's like, wow, this store has like Southwestern chili. And <laughs> like I, and I would mentally make a note. Okay. Well, if I want these flavors, I got to come all the way across town. <laughs> Full on. Let's give, let's give hamburger helper their flowers. I yeah, think here are your flowers. Kings. This is a show where we talk about fancy food. Uh, mm-hmm. We talk about watching people do fancy food, but for real, mm-hmm. Congratulations, hamburger helper! You are. You know what? Let's do. Let's do a Pod Chef Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I think the first inductee to the Pod Chef Hall of Fame, hamburger helper, is hamburger helper. And I think Reeves right now is pulling his hair out and punching air. There's no way he's <laughs> ever had hamburger helper in his life. <laughs> he's probably like, "What is this? And how does hamburger help you?" Well, no, it's well, it well, you know what? It's and helping you with mitt? hamburger. Who's the mitt? He doesn't know who the oven the mitt, mitt is. Yeah. No, you're in the you're in the the Pod Chef Hall of Fame. Congratulations. You know, I still have a vivid memory of going to my friend's house once. It was like the first time I was at his house, and his mom's like, "Uh, you guys hungry?" And I was like, "Yeah." And they're like, "We're having hamburger helper." I was like, "Yeah!" <laughs> Just like the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> we got purple drink too. Fuck yeah! <laughs> And then someone's like, I want that Sunny D. Shut up. <laughs> Fantastic. So, <clears throat> so they're shopping now for the foods that they're going to make and combine into a frozen dish. And it's very interesting because Howie goes out of his way to say he doesn't like the tricolor pasta for his group. But then Joey, who's in a different group, immediately goes and grabs the tricolor pasta. Uh, and Hung is like, let's do penne. And he's like, no, tricolor pasta. Which... I would have I would have wanted the penne. I like penne better. There's a there's a penne hamburger helper called three cheese. <clears throat> I memorized it by the uh, by the noodles. Um, so <laughs> they get back and they're all frantically working in the kitchen except for Sarah, who's like working at a snail's pace, according to Brian. But everyone else is like, wait, I uh, said that. No, no, the the person on the show named Brian. Oh, that's right. Okay, yep. Okay, yep. And no, now, man, I say now that. maybe we're too close to the show. <laughs> uh tom comes in and like talks to the teams and tom is a little upset because he's like i'm not sure they understand how to make frozen food so listen and they're doing something they're not used to doing you know casey and dale they're putting together ground turkey and pork meatball and i have really no idea where that sort of fits into the mediterranean diet you know sarah and brian they came up with this surprise trojan pasta thing you know, when someone tells me it's a surprise, often that means they don't really know what they're doing yet. So that's why Tom doesn't like surprise parties, because to him, all it means is you didn't know how to throw me a party. You didn't know what you're doing. So you said, oh, I'll just gather everyone here and surprise me when I show up. He's like, I would much rather have a fully thought out themed party, maybe destination party, rather than just some like random mm, surprise, because now I think you don't know what you're doing. I didn't think about that. 
that how a surprise party is, is essentially like a cheap theme. Yeah, it's someone like doesn't theme. have an idea for your party, so they go, "Well, I'll just not tell them that I'm gathering all these people here." And but boom, now it looks like I did all this planning. But if it is a theme party that is a surprise, you're okay with that. Yes, because that means you itself. did. Yeah, because you did something on top of just being like, "Oh, I'm just not going to tell their friends that they're yeah. coming here." Remember that you about also, that. everyone's also dressed up like in like a time, like a special time zone for, for the party. Like, if they're like a, a time era, like they're like a world medieval. Like, you like that? If they, if well, not me specifically. I'm saying if you open the door and they yell surprise and they're all like dressed like characters from Star Wars, like, mm-hmm. and it's a themed party. Holy mm-hmm. crap! Then it's fun. That's yeah. a lot of fun. And then yeah. you get to run into your room and put on your um yeah. your Princess Leia. Yeah, because um, you got to match the party. Yeah, and so I'm now, like, folks, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this body go to waste. Yeah, I've been working. Where my Princess Leia bikini? Yeah, I got my Star Wars body. Yeah, the, um, y'all, your boys been working all winter for the Star Wars body. <laughs> yeah. So now, yeah, so folks, if you ever have a surprise party, just be like, "This sucks. You didn't try hard enough and yep. leave." Yeah. Well, no, don't say this sucks. Look around and say, "What's the theme?" <laughs> and then when okay. no one answers, then be like, "Yeah, you you could have tried at least, and then leave." I worked all winter for the Star yeah. Wars body, and you yeah. didn't throw me a Star Wars party? Yeah. What are you thinking? What's the theme? What's the theme? And it better be Star Wars, because I have Star Wars body, and I got Leia buns in the back. And a great palette. And that good palette. Um, so, Trey and Tall Guy CJ are the only ones, I think, who truly understand how you're supposed to uh, freeze the foods when you combine them together. Let's listen. I notice a lot of people are putting their stuff in the glad bags and they're packing it up ready to go. We can just have everything frozen. We can separate it tomorrow if we have to. We are the only people who decide to apply the IQF technique, which is individually quick frozen. We believe that that's going to be something that's going to definitely separate us, you know, from the rest of the, the competitors. So that's cooking 201 mm-hmm. IQF individually quick freeze technique that's not 101 that's cooking 201 and so now we're getting into kind of advanced classes and so and the prerequisite is passing cooking 101 so don't think you can come up here if you don't know how to season your food yep i like how they thought that we should know what iqf meant Mm -hmm. and also when did they learn that they all started talking about it and no one had said it at any time they're just like iqf iqf gotta do iqf brian you learned this at culinary school what iqf is just it's just a weird term, like mm-hmm. individually quick frozen IQF. Um, I just want to point out that it seems like the pairing of the chefs, the guys seem to really hate the ladies that I they're think, paired with. Like yeah. they're just complaining the entire episode. That's and true. it's like you go and look at the clips of them interacting. It's like you're just being hostile for no reason, really. They're just asking mm-hmm. a question, just double checking. And you're just like, Ugh, yeah. why is my partner talking? They just have that like that like sitcom relationship with women where it's just like, oh, when will she shut up? Sort of thing. It's like what they were doing. They seemed like they were like yeah. beaten men who had just been like, all my wife does is nag. <laughs> you sound like Howie. <laughs> all my well, w- all Sora's doing is nag. She nag, comes nag. here. She and she comes here. Nag. She nags. She comes here and she nags. I mean, if we're going to open the floodgates, let's open the floodgates. If we don't open the floodgates, let's do it, right? She comes. Look, you're going to stand up, be a man, shake my hand. Shake my hand, be a man. Howie basically says he wouldn't hire Sarah in his restaurant. They they go back. They're not even like just complaining in 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 the cook space. They're now back at the penthouse and they're still like 
being at each other's throats and everyone's like complaining and Hung's like, I, I told him how we had to individually freeze everything and he didn't do it. And now I'm upset. And it's like, well, you didn't tell him harshly enough, I guess. I don't know. What are you supposed to do there, though? Like, I don't know. You're supposed I think to, that's... You, you tried to tell him, like, hey, we're adults. Let's do it this way. But that and is how you like, play the game. And, yeah. and Hung plays the game well. He yeah. knows I need to be recorded saying, saying what I want. Yeah. And e- and I'll do it once or twice. And I'll and get a verbal, yeah. a verbal negative from my partner. And I'll stop. I'll, and then I'll, I'll stop. And yeah. then I know if, the, if we do bad... I got it on I film. Can, I, I got it on film. And no matter what he says during the, the uh, judge table where he's probably going to throw me on the bus, I've got it on film yep. that I asked multiple times. And I shouldn't have to, you know, do a song and dance to get someone to listen to me. Yeah. What are they going to – yeah, they – they tried pulling that. Like, yeah. well, sometimes you got to push harder. And it's like, what am I going to do? Like, punch yeah. him in the what, face? He's what do you, huge. Yeah. What do you guys want Hung to do? Do you want him to like kick him in his balls and wait for him to recover and be like, okay, so now that you're back, we're freezing this separately. Yeah. he's <laughs> Joey is huge and Hung is not huge. And he was, yeah. he would beat the fuck out of him. Yeah. Size matters, people. It does. Do you um, want, yeah. So. Hung tastes his pasta as soon as uh, they get to the, the place the next day and they uh, um, they heat it up. And Hung's like, no, nah, it's mush. It's terrible. <laughs> and I'm laughing at that. You wrote here just knew- the way Brian likes it. Yes, you like mushy, mushy pasta, right? No. I like it al dente. Huh. Okay, Who told Brian. you I like mushy pasta? I thought you somehow said before you like uh, squishy pasta. I like squishy pasta. I okay. don't like mushy oh pasta. Oh, my God. All right. All right. So, anyways, the execution of a lot of the chefs leaves a lot to be desired. And um, I, I, let's just be honest. Casey and Brian and tall guy CJ and Trey Bake, bald guy, they do great. There's a, there's a very good and done well. Um, but everyone else's is pretty much garbage. And I do like that when they get to the judges' table. That for the first time, Tom Colicchio is challenged on his own turf by a guest judge. Listen to this. In the case of uh, CJ and Trey, I thought they were extremely successful with the flavor combination. To me, it wasn't really that Mediterranean flavor and feel. I disagree with you. Think of what was not Mediterranean. There was linguine. Truffles. The truffles. Ha, where do truffles come from? Provence. You can get some. No, I've been truffle hunting in, in Italy, France, and Spain. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting you don't, yeah. but I'm not on the Mediterranean. Come on. So Tom, I guess apparently everything needed to be right on the beaches of the Mediterranean, or you shouldn't have cooked it. I'm confused now because that Italian food is Mediterranean food. Yes. Yes. Technically. Yeah. Because you know they're on the Mediterranean. So he was thinking a to Tom a Mediterranean dish is something just from like. The ocean. The, just like the coast. Yeah, just the coast. You can't go deep inland. You can't go not... in the woods where you would yeah. find a truffle. I think the cutoff is the end of that country that's touching the Mediterranean. You can't go to another country that's not touching the Mediterranean. But then Italy, think... it, does Italy not touch the Mediterranean? It does. It does. So what's that's wrong what with saying. that? Italy's fine to me. Oh, you're to okay. Tom. To you. Okay, Tom, yeah, yeah. Tom's like, well, you went too far inland. I'm like, well, no, the whole country's Mediterranean. That's what I would if think too. You can't claim it to be Mediterranean and say, well, I got it from Sweden. Then I would be like, no, this isn't right. Yeah. Like, well, it touches all the countries that touch Italy. Yeah. 
So I just went super north. No. Yeah. That's different. No. If I want Mediterranean food, I I mean, I want, I don't know. Because if I, say, if I say Mediterranean, I don't mean Italian. <laughs> I mean, like, I want Greek food. When I say Mediterranean, I want Greek food. Fucking shots fired Italian listeners. <laughs> so let's talk about this fight. Um, this is the longest back and forth at judges table when Hung and Joey get into it. I, I thought that's the understanding we had the whole time until an hour into the, into the challenge. And I see that the pasta was laying out. And I said, Joey, let's put this in the freezer, separate them, and we can pack it tomorrow. He goes, no, let's, we have to package it today. Not, I, did, I did not hear Hung say that. We started weighing the pasta. I said, do we continue this way? And he said something. I wasn't paying attention. I just wanted to make sure we had 15 bags inside the freezer because I didn't want to get disqualified. Yeah, I, I mean, Joe, you're getting blamed for the loss here. I'm not get, I'm not blaming Joe. You're, you're, well, you are. Well, you are. I'm not blaming Joe. Do you think that... I mean, you are, Hung, but um, he is to blame. No, I'm not. Also, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. But he is to blame anyways because he was the one who just slapped the sauce right on top and Hung was like, uh, okay. My my new favorite thing is someone, it's, it'll be Carrie, is like, I said this thing, did you hear me? And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you didn't say that. I mean, yeah, you said something, but I didn't <laughs> you say that. I mean, yeah, you were talking, but I didn't hear you say it. Joey was like, yeah, I heard you say something, but I don't know what it was. And it's like, okay. I, I had so, tuned out a long time ago. It's just like, that's just a way to be like. No, yeah, you can go back and watch the footage, and, and you can see you telling me this, but, like, I didn't hear what you said, so. <sighs> so then Howie explodes. I don't know if we want to listen to that clip, too, but he explodes. He goes nuts. He's just, a, you know, yeah, yeah, he just does his thing. We had CJ uh, just being sarcastic. CJ sitting yeah. in the back, and he's just like, <laughs> oh, no, you never tell us how you're feeling. <laughs> and I'm just like, don't psychoanalyze me. I was like, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> being sarcastic. Well, very funny. Right very, don't very right funny. Now. Yeah, don't. We'll just don't. We'll just don't. Just don't. Super okay. funny. I think that's all that saved him yeah. from going home is that they, they want more of that. Yeah. Which is why we say, if you're going to be on a show like this, you got to be good for the camera. Yeah. You got to do something. Either be a good, good chef or be an asshole. Yeah. Also, at the beginning of this episode, everyone was like, we thought Leah was going to win. No one else did. Like, yeah. At least the producers certainly didn't want us yeah, to think that because they didn't put her in anything. They also cut to producers when they said that, and they were all like shaking their heads, like and laughing, like, "Come on, yeah, no one, no, uh, they don't even know that she's on the cutting room floor." Yeah. Uh, so let's play Joey's elimination. I'm not gonna play the whole thing because God does he milk this, and it's like a two minute clip. Wait, did we say who won? Uh, CJ and um, uh, Trey Bake won the elimination. So that means. Um, C Bear and Jamal are going to uh, Italy, and uh, that's good for Trey Bake, okay. and tall guy. I don't know how CJ's going to get there because they don't make planes that size. But I mean, what happens is they shove them on the plane and then they part their butt and they miss the whole entire season. Dwight Howard, Dwight how Howard. dare you come over to the Washington Wizards and take a bunch of money and then take a plane to China and then come back and say that your butt hurts too bad to play basketball, so you miss the entire season? How dare you? Why aren't you taking a private jet, you how dummy? D- yeah, dummy. How you dare literally you? have the money to do that, so why did you get on a commercial flight, dummy? Completely robbed the Wizards. How dare you? <clears throat> and how does your butt hurt if you're sitting first class, dummy? Yeah. Because you weren't sitting first class, were you, dummy? Yeah. You were dummy. a coach. How many times are you going to say dummy before he comes after me? That's probably it. You probably did it yes, just then. Yeah, I'm probably at the quota. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to lock my doors. Joe, Joey's eliminated. <laughs> Take a listen. 
Joey, please pack your knives and go. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been a great time. Personally, I think you're a great guy. I think you did some great stuff, and this just was not your day. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I had a great time here. You know, I, I wasn't going to go out screaming like a lunatic. You know, I came in like a professional. I want to leave like a professional. All right, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's the crying. I feel bad. But That's I what I would most, do, too. I am a stubborn person. <laughs> but it's not me, so I can laugh times, at it. <laughs> I know I am. You know, I'm Italian. All life people right, tell you know, you're it's, not a, it's a long goodbye. It's like two minutes. I'm not he's joking. full. He's full crying mm. hard the yeah. entire time. So Joey's eliminated, and he gives us a big uh, teddy bear cry goodbye, like Brian would do if I was on the show. And Brian absolutely would be eliminated before me. Uh, then he'd come in, and be like, I'm, "I'm going home," and I'd give Brian a hug, and I wouldn't cry at all because I have no emotions. But Brian would be crying, and then he'd go home. And I'd miss my friend, but I'd tell him every week that I keep advancing, I'd be like, man, I wish you were here because I, I did this this week and I won and blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, that's the end of this episode. So this is where you can stop watching the rewatch um, on on your Hulu account. Um, and now let's do a new closing bit called Reeves rendezvous okay reeves not here so we can't do it okay so we can't do the new bit <laughs> tried, reeves is tried. right here i thought i we thought tried. we'll do it reeves is not here so i guess that's it for this week then uh i guess we'll just pack our knives and, and leave but before we leave we probably should uh catch ride some waves that's what i want to do we'll go find reeves to wait to surf yeah i want to go surf <laughs> Why, uh...